Yeah! Kick it! Welcome back to the Lone Star Lowdown. I'm your host, Ty Henderson. Uh, before we get started, make sure to give us a follow on our Instagram, the Lone Star Lowdown, and our Twitter, Lone Star, Lone Star LD. Uh, we'd appreciate that, and we look forward to having some, making some connections on social media with some of you guys. Uh, but today, we're a little shorthanded. Uh, we're without Corey and Shay for this segment, at least, uh, but we're joined by Dylan Weber, writer for the or with the AJC. Dylan, how you doing? I'm doing well, Ty. Um, yeah, been a bench player my whole life. Um, a good one at least, but happy to do it again in a podcast setting. Well, it's good. It's good to have you. Uh, we're talking a little NBA here. Free agency started up last week. A lot has happened since last Tuesday night when we last recorded. Uh, the biggest news possibly is Kevin Durant requesting a trade. And Kyrie also, I guess, being shit out of luck in, in that sense as well. Uh, do you have a team that you have in your mind that KD or Kyrie will end up on? Or they will they end up on a team together like they might, they're saying they want? I mean, that would be a total disaster. It's like, why? how could you look at this complete implosion of a team and then be like, wait, brilliant idea. Let's bring them to our team instead. Yeah, and I just I don't know how that would happen. Um, I mean, KD, I don't see. I, you go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I feel like I feel like KD could go anywhere. Honestly, like who I, that one's a little more makes a little more sense. Like anyone would want him. Kyrie, I feel like it's quite the opposite. Yeah, it looks like the Lakers are the only team interested in him, and that would take trading or that would take the Nets taking on Russell Westbrook, which he's on well, expiring. But don't you think they would like to get something? out of like out of the deal from Kyrie or do you think they've come they're completely just done with the situation we'll just get a whatever they can get for him I mean maybe maybe this is the ideal situation for Russell Westbrook finally this is where he finally turns his career around no, I mean he had a great he, he he I know you're being sarcastic but he had a good he had a good year with Washington what was that, was that oh last, yeah the year before last yeah yeah I mean it was yeah what they made were they they were a play-in team, but they won the play-in. I mean, you got him and Brad Beal. Like, it wasn't bad, but like, I don't know. I mean, just watching him with the Lakers is a total disaster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, Westbrook. We all know him. Uh, but back to KD, you were saying that every team in the league wants him. But do you think? Obviously, he doesn't. He doesn't have a no trade clause, so they can trade him anywhere. But do you think a team would still take him on on like a kind of a Kawhi Leonard from a few years ago with Toronto where you know you might just have him for a year, but you're going to take that one year and try to win a championship? I mean, could it just be Toronto themselves? I saw I saw a report that they were, yeah. they were lurking. I think the exact word is they were lurking. <laughs> uh, oh, that's so gross. I found that, I found that funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, they could – they have – they have the pieces and the draft picks to make it happen. It would just be a matter of will KD even play there at all, or would, would he just hold out again and be like, trade me, you know? And they'd probably like, have to trade Scotty Barnes as well, which I don't think they want to do. Yeah, I mean, that's – well, that's going to be the thing. Wherever he goes, the asking price is going to be and should be high. I mean, frankly, like, 
if you're the Nets, you should probably play hardball because you just got him on an extension. It's not like he's got one year yeah. left. It doesn't have a no trade clause, and he he averaged 30, 29 points a game last year. The Nets is, hold the leverage with KD. Yeah, he is one A still in this league. Is he's a top three player? I, I think we can all agree on that. When he's yeah. on the floor, he is a top three player. And if um, you're gonna trade for him, like it's gotta be like I think the the Suns were saying like. Or the, the the Nets were saying we want we want Devin Booker, and I don't think that's a completely unfair ask. I'm not saying they should do that, but like I think it makes sense to at least ask for it. If you're the Suns, would you rather have Kevin Durant for this two to three year last good years of his career over Devin Booker, who could potentially play for ten, fifteen more years? Probably not. I mean, but I'm thinking about it. I but think I, I would. I'd say, and I don't think that's a I don't think that's a bad take though. Like if you if you trying to get CP3 a championship, if you're trying to maximize forty year old Chris Paul, and I don't do you think Aiden's a part of this at all for their future? I mean, it looks like they're going to get rid of him. Yeah, it, it doesn't look like it. But if if they got rid of Booker, bringing Aiden back with Kevin Durant, I think would be the optimal. If situation yeah, if, there. if you're giving up Devin Booker, yeah, you shouldn't give up. DeAndre Ayton as well. I mean, you got to keep some players. Yeah. Uh, what about Miami? Do you think I, that was one of his preferred destinations? I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense. And they do have a lot of things they could give up. Now, I don't think any of them as glamorous as, you know, some of these other teams can offer, like Scotty Barnes or Devin Booker. But, I mean, do they have to give up Jimmy Butler in that trade? Probably, right? No, there's no way. There's no way they, Bam. I think Bam would be. But there's the there's like there's like a weird trade scenario because it's like the the rookie extension ordeal. And since the Nets traded for Ben Simmons, who got the max rookie extension, you can only have like one of those guys on your team. What? There's some. It's a that's weird, weird. It's a weird ordeal, and that's why they can't give up Bam in that trade. So what is, what is that? That's pretty much like in that's stopping. Uh, teams from doing what i do in two nba 2k the game in franchise mode where i trade all my players to the youngest players and then sims and they're like oh we'll just yeah, tank for a few up. years and these guys will be good um but yeah i per, i really don't i don't know what team I, i've seen the mavericks the mavericks were last week when this happened were the had the third best odds to land them which third i third like, best yes plus 400 not even like crazy odds what, what, what it was like Suns. Up? It was like Suns Heat's Ma- Mavericks. What would the Mavs even I think give up? It would be so it's sign and trade. Brunson and we'll, we'll get to the Jalen Brunson. I'm sure <laughs> Dylan Dylan's a Knicks fan. I'm a Mavs fan, so I'm sure we can have a great conversation about that. But they'd have to work out a sign and trade, uh, get their first round pick from New York that they traded uh, in the the Kristaps trade back, um, with maybe another asset that would go to the Nets, and then I think we'd throw uh, Bertons and Tim Hardaway, and then, like, five first-round picks. That's that's a whack-ass trade. Oh, it is. It is. But I, I mean, mean I'm I, kind of about it, dude. That would be so fun to watch, Katie and it, Luca. Like it would, it would be really fun. But like, I was, I was talking to our friend uh, Cameron Willis about it, and we were joking, like, "Oh, what? Who are they going to trade Bertons?" And then that was, like, <laughs> that was like in the in the report of like who would probably go to match the salaries. So, 
Hey, I like my guy Bertons. We we traded Latvian for Latvian with him and Kristaps in that uh in that Wizards trade. Yeah, man, poor Kristaps, man. I was heartbroken when the Knicks traded him, but honestly, I mean, not that the Knicks did no, anything with I, it, but I, I don't think I think the biggest piece, like if we go back in that trade, was Tim Hardaway. Like he ended oh, up, oh yeah. Being, like he He's, ended up being the most impactful, even though he didn't play. Uh, he got hurt this year and only was limited to a few games. He he's, he's done more than Kristaps has. Yeah, and we like, traded all we traded all Dennis Smith was, which was the biggest piece coming from us. And is he Dennis even on a team now? I think first. he's in, yeah. Oh, I think yeah, he's no, in Detroit, no. or he got traded. He, he traded was in Detroit year. for a little bit, but I don't think he's there anymore. He just never. I don't know how he was that one year. He was without played without Luca in Dallas. He averaged like sixteen points a game, but I think he shot like thirty two percent of the field. Was, and people fell in love with it. People were like, "This guy, he's got it. This guy's." I mean, got he was it. a dog. He's a dog. He could dunk with the best of them. But <laughs> you, do, you, do, you, do you really want your point guard to be a uh, dunking specialist with no uh, no playmaking ability? I, I don't know. The Knicks uh, did, and they were excited about it. <laughs> Yeah, and then y'all got a first round. Who I think? Uh, no, that was the Hawks. I don't. I guess the first round picks that y'all just traded them every time. So yeah. Um. But yeah, speaking of the Knicks, Jalen Brunson, y'all's newest addition. How are you feeling about that? I don't. I don't know. It's like it's not a. It's not like a crazy big contract. What was it? it ended up being four year, hundred four million. 104, 110. Yeah, either of the two. I I don't know Um, if it's still official yet. I think they might be waiting on the see if there's a sign and trade possibility. (laughs) That's what I'm hoping. Dallas has one roster spot, but go ahead, go ahead on your Jalen Brunson. And like, I mean, he closed the season out like extremely well for y'all, which is encouraging. But I, I, I mean, what did he average last season? It ended up being like 16, maybe 17. Yeah, it was career highs and and uh, points, uh, assists, and I think field goal percentage. Um, and like it, he played well yeah, all year, but the was, end of the year was obviously a different guy than we saw. Isn't but we've seen his entire career really. And now, we're, like, he's going to be like the dude with Julius Randle? Question mark like. And RJ Barrett, what's the, is he just bust like slowly? Does no one want to say he's a bust or like what, yeah. what's the deal well, with him? I mean, I think he's just going to end up being like maybe like a Tim Hardaway Jr. Like, and maybe you know maybe that's a little too cynical, but like he's just he's not going to be the guy, and he probably won't be the second guy either. Um, okay. You know, he might be able to be a good rotation guy or even a how starter. Many points, I don't know. How many points did he average last year? Like, I think he was averaging twenty, but like barely twenty, and it was like mm, he's taking maybe, a lot of shots. I'm guessing. Yeah, too. probably probably thirty eight to forty one percent. Um, it wasn't. I mean, that's that's I mean, not terrible. It wasn't terrible, but, but like the you Knicks, expect the a guy. Were. You expect a guy who's number over two, number two overall pick to take the next step eventually and be that kind of how Brandon Ingram did. With the yeah, Ravens. and I, I don't. If he could get to Brandon Ingram status, that would be honestly. I would that that would be a win at this point for the Knicks. But it, it seems in question. But he's still young. I mean, but okay. Back to Jalen Brunson. Y'all kind of mortgage the whole offseason like all of next year on signing him you free yeah, up they, cap they, space you, you traded all the draft picks you 
because that's the next way, man. man. Leon that's Rose. the that's the Knicks way. Why why build through the draft when everyone wants to come to New York? Well, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like you would, <laughs> if, in my mind, if I were them, I'd be like, let's go get Kyrie, while he's even though like I would, if I was a Knicks, I would take the gamble. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring yeah. him in. He's at he's selling low. They're selling low on him right now. Like we could tr- maybe trade Julius Randle. And get like I'm sure those salaries would be close. Yeah, they would match you know? up. Um, you'd probably have to give give a, a few first round, maybe two first round picks. Maybe, but you well, gotta from... you gotta think that's something that's being. I mean, I know you just signed your point guard of the future and and, and Jalen Brunson, which oh, we got this. Do you want to hear my Mavs? Do you want to hear oh. my Mavs point of view on this? We'll see her real yeah. quick. So I mean, he's he's a 15 to 17 max like. 17 max per year guy in my eyes. I'm not like money, I'm not, like money wise. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. I'm not, I'm not salty at all that he's, I'm happy he got paid. And I don't blame him for taking this opportunity to get paid 25 to $28 million per season for the next four years. But I, I don't think we're going to replace him, but I think he could easily be, you could patch two guys together and have a similar output as Jalen. That's Rosie. the thing. I mean, that seems like because like if the Mavs were really set on keeping him, then they just frankly would have. They supposedly they offered like the same deal, and he I chose. saw that. I mean, but, his dad. Y'all hired his dad. Y'all really went. <laughs> y'all really went like full on. Like he's Zion Williamson. You're recording. You're 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 recruiting him to like a bat like a college team we gave him the what was it like the 20 like 11 like dwight howard treatment yeah like yeah. like we just i mean we laid out the red carpet for jalen brunson baby and this is this is our guy him and julius randall yeah. who apparently all of new york just hates now well yeah he he's one of those guys that balled out in a contract year just to get like he has some good like all-star ability obviously we know that from that one year but then he got he got paid and we see that all the time in the NBA and the NFL and every sport. It's like you get comfortable and and to play man. a professional sport. You gotta get, be grinding every day. If I got a like four year like hundred fifty million contract, I'd tell you tomorrow I'd be way worse at my job, and the next week I'd be even worse. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, I have to go back and edit that out. Um. All right, so. Let's move on. Another big trade that happened during the week was Rudy Gobert, uh, former Jazz center now, getting traded to the Timberwolves. It looks like they're going back to a little uh, 1992 Twin Towers of basketball, uh, where in today's NBA you can barely play one center in in the league. in the playoffs. Really, you can't play a center at all, and now they have two guys, um, and-, and they're really. They're betting the the they're mortgaging their future on this because they have about eighty five million dollars locked in to both him and Carl Anthony Towns now. Is it even? Yeah, it's got to be something like that. It might be even more. He's Maybe. Gobert in twenty twenty six is going to be making forty nine million dollars just that year. That's absurd. That's like I like, mean the cap will be higher by then, obviously, but that's still sure, at but... least a. A third of your cap for a guy who who i mean plays center and plays plays defensively incredibly well can catch lobs can dunk it but like i mean next to carl anthony towns 
yeah, who we watched. Those are the two guys where, I mean, this season's NBA playoffs sucked. But just, I, I'm a Mavs fan, obviously, so I got to watch uh, Gobert for six games. And we he's great defensively, but when he switches out the perimeter and he has someone that can step back and hit a shot like Luka, they just, they'll do it every time. And the Grizzlies were doing the same thing to Carl Anthony Towns uh, in that series as well, where he was making – I think he single-handedly lost that series for the Timberwolves because oh, every game yeah. he made about f- at least five decisions that were like hand – like shacking a fool decisions. <laughs> yeah. He, and, and it's – it's Go ahead. Like, like now you have – like you're saying like, oh, yeah, like those two were really bad defensively. Like you just pull them out and, and shoot over them. And now every team's just got – twice those options like like in crunch time you're just going to try and get one of them and if you're struggling to get one of them out there then you just go get the other i, I don't yeah i don't quite get how that's going to work i mean offensively i think I, i'm actually a little bit optimistic because cat can play a little bit more outside i mean he's not super quick but uh, like, he had a he had a career shooting from three i mean yeah. three point contests he said he's the best <laughs> big man shooter of all time oh wow career, oh but. wow Matt Bonner, um, baby. But yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. The Red Rocket. Um, but, yeah, I, I can see it working offensively, but they traded their defensive do- – let's let's go over what was in the trade. So, it was – the Jazz will receive Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Beverly, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, and four first-round picks. And I'm pretty sure two of those are unprotected. And, and one's, that- like, top five protected. Giving up unprotected picks. So you're, yeah. Giving giving up unprotected picks for for a franchise that is pretty continuously, um, you know, picking in the lottery. That's that's extremely dangerous. Yeah, Uh, I mean, I think they're expecting those picks to be in like the twenties. But can you tell me right now that you think that Minnesota will get out of the first round next year with the roster with Gobert? With the addition that they made, no, no, I don't think so. I yeah. mean, like, like I can, I can think of five teams that I think are already be- are still better than them. I mean, putting them, I think they might. I think they'll be slightly above a play-in team again. Um, and I just because I mean, like Anthony Edwards is is you know he's gonna be twenty twenty one. Like he's good, but he's young. Carl Anthony Towns has proved that he's just he he just not there in big moments. I mean, he's a pretty good regular season player, but has never he's dopey. Yeah. It like like it just colossal mistakes cuz they should they should have frankly won that series. They gave up two like 30 point leads in that series. Which is ridiculous. One is And I of... was I know because I was betting that series and one I was on the good side of it once and the bad side of it once and um it was electric. But... Were you on the good side of it the second time? The first time. Oh, so the second time you were like, it can't happen again. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, I was going, but that was that was a really good series. It was that yeah. first round. That first round of the playoffs in the Western Conference, especially, was like my when I was the most into it. I'm not. I watch probably sixty percent of the finals. The finals it was. Fine. Um, I mean, like, the... yeah, I just. Don't... I just want to watch Steph run around and chew on his mouthpiece for seven games. And it was just, I don't know. It was shitty. They, once the Mavericks lost too, I lost a lot of my, a lot of my steam. 
Hey, it was a good run for the Mavericks, though. I mean, that's that's. Oh, a, I know. I'd call that a win they for a season. They did better than I expected. No, for yeah, sure. no, I agree. Uh, but yeah, oh, let's talk about that. So the Mavericks added JaVale McGee. Uh, well, y'all got a year twenty-one million dollar deal. Y'all got a uh, Christian Wood too, right? Yeah. So I we're and reports are that we're gonna start Christian Wood and JaVale McGee. It's Christian one of the four. Okay. Seems like y'all might be going a little Minnesota action out here. Yeah, I know. And then we kept uh, the only other move they made. The two moves they made besides that are they re-signed Theo Pinson, <laughs> who was literally just a bench hype guy. Hey. Uh, but he did a great job at that last year. And then they re-signed or they they accepted the team option on Frank Nilekita's, uh, uh contract, former Nick. Yeah, well. yeah. We've just been, yeah, man, we've been trading trading point guards here for a while. I know. I mean, we finally just got rid of Trey Burke. He's been on the team since that Kristaps trade, too. Wait, what? He's been on the team? Yeah. I, I thought. No, and he, he should have played more. Like, I mean, he's so bad at defense, <laughs> but you he would come in, and if you check the box score, like, every third game, he'd come in and play, like, eight minutes and score, like, 13 points. <laughs> like, 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 end of the game, he's a guy that can hit some just – he just gets hot, hits some threes. Dude, the, the Christian Wood trade seemed odd to me. I thought because y'all got him for a good price. I thought nothing. We the, we traded our five, our bottom five guys on our bench and uh, the first round pick from this year, who, which was like a twenty fourth pick, and then we traded into the second round, uh, trade with Sacramento, and selected uh, a guy from the G League Unite, Jaden Hardy, who uh, was the second overall recruit to Chet Holmgren last year but he shot like 29% with the G League at night on like 17 points a game so he was just jacking shots in the G League. <laughs> there's some potential there I mean like throw a flyer out on it if he was the number two player but, in the country like they liked they liked him enough to to trade into the draft they uh Mark Cuban said they had him at like 15 or 14 on their big board oh shit like, so they yeah and before the season started, he was like supposed to be a lottery pick, but we'll see. We got Jalen Brunson in the second round. Yeah, just do four it again. Years ago, that has to be like one of the best draft classes ever. Luca and Jalen Brunson, like for a, for one team to get like two, two really good players like that. People in Atlanta, I don't know. You don't see this as much, but everyone's like, "We didn't lose that trade because Trey Young's so good." I'm just like, "Yeah, but like." Tell me, tell me, you want Trey Young over Luka Doncic right now? And they're just yeah, like, they're and, just like, well, I don't know, maybe I'm just like, then you're dumb, then you're dumb. <laughs> like, well, yeah, y'all got Trey Young, and and the our next first round pick, which the 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 Mavs first round pick in the next draft, which was Cameron Reddish. Who yeah, is now it's, Nick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it, it you it's now it really is straight up just Trey Young for. And yeah, and I'm. It's crazy that Marvin Bagley went. I mean, that's the Kings, but he went too in that draft. Well, and then he even he just got a a solid bag. I mean, like not for the second overall player. Thirty-one. He got like thirty-one million. It's like over ten million a year, which is in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thirty-one million dollars in Detroit might be that's like three hundred million dollars anywhere else. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that takes that takes you far in life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you got anything else? You got any, what's your, what's your favorite signing or trade that's happened so far? Oh, um. To wrap things up. 
I mean, who, um, God, Joe Ingles, where he went to the Bucks, didn't he? I like that. I like yeah, Joe Ingles to the Bucks. That's a, that's a low, it's low, a low signing. It is. I mean, but like, I, I'm a big Joe Ingles fan. I mean, like, he, he's a, he's a dog. He's a dog. He plays D and he has an awkward looking three that somehow goes in. And I don't he know. Shoots, it's, it's similar to my shot, honestly. Uh, yeah. It, like the, I, maybe the elbow. Maybe I just, elbow yeah. Out. I just see kind of like the rec basketball player in him that, that draws me to him. That's like, he just works hard. He gets boards. He doesn't do a whole lot offensively, but when he does, it is actually contributing to the team. And I think that's a good pickup like, for the Bucks. Yeah, he can run the offense. He's kind of a point forward in that sense. And as well as a like I mean, it's not great at defense. I think you're he, you're, you're he was talking him up yeah. a little bit, but he can he's a three and D guy, kind of. Fair. What else? John Wall okay. to the Clippers. That was actually a yeah, pretty good one. That's a cheap deal. Uh I mean he's still getting paid he's, like Buku $40 bucks, million Buku bucks. It's crazy. They took two years. He was on the Rockets for two plus years and made hundreds of million dollars. And I think he played like 20 games if he and when did. they could have just bought him out the whole time. If they were going to, if they were just going to take $5 million off the $45 million he's owed, why didn't he just get bought out immediately? If they Dude. weren't going to play him and they weren't going to trade him for anything. What that's, that's the kind of unemployment we need in our lives. Is just NBA buyout money. Yeah, that guaranteed money, man. The NFL's going that way. All right, well, that does it for uh, this segment uh, on the NBA. Make sure to follow our Instagram at the Lone Star Lowdown and visit our website lonestarlowdown.com for uh, all of our podcasts, our previous podcasts, and blog posts. Uh, we'll be right back. And we're back with Lone Star Lowdown weekly updates here. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this uh, Zach Wilson uh, girlfriend swapping situation. Ty, why don't you break this one down for us? What's, what are the ins and outs of this one? All right, so this involves a ex-girlfriend of Zach Wilson, uh, his ex-college roommate and teammate at BYU. Uh, what was his name again? A- Mil- Milwee? Dax Milney. Dax Milney. Uh, he plays college for, roommates die. Yeah, college roommates plays for the Washington Commanders. Uh, not a big contributor, but this story is more about off the field. Uh, so Dax here has seemed to have stolen uh, his old roommate Zach Wilson's girlfriend. Who, I mean, let's be honest here, she's a looker. Uh, and they were called out on Instagram after Dax posted a. Uh, <laughs> A post kind of, you know, revealing their relationship to the world and letting everyone know that they're together. And uh, his girlfriend, ex- Zach Wilson's ex-girlfriend, was getting some flack because, uh, you know, she, they were like, you know, man hopper, homie hopper, I think was what she was called. And <laughs> she responded by saying, well, at least I'm not uh, hooking up with my mom's best friend, which uh, inevitably Zach Wilson ended up admitting it. And everyone from Chad Johnson is is uh, weighing in on Twitter at this point. Yeah, man, and it's hard to decipher reality from fiction because there's just so much coming out, like fake news type shit, just coming out on the internet and alleging all these crazy things that, that I've seen. And I'm sure everybody else has. Uh, but I mean, let's be honest, Zach 
Zach Wilson's mom's pretty fine. And I would imagine her friends are pretty fine too. And, you know, we don't even need to go into like college days. Do you ever think, you know, Dax Milne and Zach Wilson, you know, got in there together uh, with old girl, but I mean, they are Mormons. You know, ultimately, Shay. they are Mormons. That's what, well, that's what I'm getting at. They're Mormons. And I just got back from Utah. And uh, though I didn't see a lot of like hardcore Mormonism, you know, I'm a proponent of religious freedom. And, you know, I don't I don't blame Zach Wilson for doing whatever he's doing in the privacy of his or his mom's best friend's own home. Hey, they're both uh, grown adults. In, they're both grown yeah, adults. Yeah, back there in Utah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, he played for the Cougars, Ty. He played for the BYU Cougars. They both did, in fact. Um, anyway, so I'm only expecting this plot to thicken more and more as hopefully, eventually, the, somebody's got to know who this woman is. And, you know, the pictures have to surface. Um, I think it would be, you know, I think this all helps Zach Wilson, though, because, man, guy had a really rough rookie year. Uh, wouldn't you say, Ty? I mean, about 2,300 yards, uh, nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions, only played in 13 games. Uh, you know, had a little bit of an injury, injury trouble, but really just had a rough year. And uh, just to have some positive, I, I think it's positive, yeah. news coming out about the man can only help, help the New York Jets franchise, which is just a languishing franchise, desperate for any sort of, you know, uh, storyline or just people talking about them. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, people around the league definitely will look at him more of his dog now, I think. I mean, he was kind of a baby face rookie coming into the league. Uh, probably didn't have much respect even on his own team. Uh, but with some new weapons coming in, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, uh, through the draft this year, I'm expecting big things out of him, especially after hearing this. Oh, yeah, it should light a fuel under his fire, man. Uh, anyway, um, what would Zach Wilson really have to do to be considered the all-time greatest Jets quarterback? Let's just, let's just throw it out there. Obviously, uh, you know, short of guaranteeing and winning a Super Bowl. Uh, what would he have to do uh, statistically and in his career to earn that title? Um, so, so Super Bowl is off the table here. Oh no, no, no! Maybe he needs to win one. I just, uh, I would say, just you know, getting uh, getting to one or two, he would instantly in most Jets spot, Jets fans' minds become the greatest. I mean, Joe Namath, who did he was there even a Super Bowl when he when he was at the AFC Championship that he won. Well, uh, Joe Namath, I want to kiss you, guaranteed they would beat the Colts uh, in the Super Bowl. That was that was a real big moment for the NFL, legitimizing the American Football Conference or the um, American Football League. Back in those days, you see the Colts, they were in the National Football League. Uh, and, you know, it was a Johnny Unitas. Actually, I think it was a backup quarterback that year that took the Colts to the Super Bowl. Uh, I need to double check that. But. You know, enough of the history lesson. Joe Namath guaranteed he would win a Super Bowl and did in a time where that was like that was like one of the biggest upsets ever um, based on because it was just there, the, the difference in the leagues was so vast. Yeah. Um, but that was a totally different time. Quarterbacks play a totally different way uh, in this modern age. Uh, I mean, I, I'd be willing to bet that Josh Wilson, I'm sorry, Zach Wilson had a comparable year to Joe Namath's best year his rookie season if you just looked at the, if you just look at the numbers yeah uh, obviously not the wins um but I just mean like like have the Jets like I can't 
I've never seen a quality starter for the Jets. I mean, the closest thing I think was like a Matt Mark Sanchez. I mean, he, I mean, yeah, they went two straight AFC Championship games. Yeah, and but, you know, he played with a great defense, and uh, you know, he uh, he did make it two AFC Championship games. Uh, see, hey, lost to the Colts in one of those. Peyton Manning. Uh, anyway, uh, I just think that he would need like eight solid years. And maybe like three playoff wins, and then in my mind he would just be the best ever. And you know, I don't think there's a lot of a lot of football fans nowadays that that saw Joe Namath play. Uh, I know he was quite a character. Uh, they called him Broadway Joe. Um, do you, do you think Zach Wilson, based on his current trajectory, could ever achieve such a status? No, I mean he still went to no. B- he's still a BYU guy. I, I I don't know if he's a practicing Mormon, but. I don't think any uh, anyone. Hey man, there are some great players that went to BYU. Oh, I know, I know. But I, 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 were you asking from a player standpoint or from a personality? You know, like a in in entertainment well, standpoint. Yeah, I'm just trying to build him up. I mean, could Zach Wilson? You know, I mean, he's a pretty young white boy playing quarterback in the NFL. Uh, you know, could hopefully have a long and prominent career in the largest media market in the world. And, yeah, could he, with some success, uh, be a star in this league? Maybe not Broadway Joe Namath, uh, but at least bring some prominence to the franchise. I, I don't see that happening, quite honestly. Uh, I I don't think he's the guy that's going to bring them out of the depths of the NFL where they've been for the last, what, 50 years? Well, yeah, outside of that blip with uh, Rex Ryan, I mean, I don't, you know, my scholarship of NFL history, besides the Joe Namath days, there's just, there's really just nothing. Uh, I uh, I don't believe in the Jets. Um, they're a dumpster fire of a franchise, and the fact that they play in New York is really quite embarrassing. I mean, New York has two teams in every sport, major American sport, and all of them are at least somewhat competitive. I mean, the uh, the the Mets have won championships. The Mets are really good this year, in the sh- even if they're in the shadow of the Yankees. But the Jets, I mean, they just can't get out of their own way. The Giants, I mean, those are the New York football Giants, one of the five most storied and uh, prosperous franchises in football, as I'm you know, sure you know, Ty. Uh, but the Jets, they just, they're just a dumpster fire, man. I mean, well. Uh, we can't even we can't will them anything to just try to, you know, uh, maybe make it to the second place in the NFC, AFC East. I mean, uh, I know they I know it's a tough division with the Dol- with the Dolphins, you know, seemingly on the upswing, uh, the Patriots and a bit of a rebuild, a bit of a reload. I won't call it a rebuild. And then obviously the Buffalo Bills, who are probably the odds on favorite to make it to the Super Bowl coming out of the AFC. Yeah, I'd, I, yeah. I mean, I think they're ending. I think they're going to be the the fourth in the dumpster and probably have a top three pick. Yeah, maybe one more. Maybe one more win just because of the Garrett Wilson addition. Like I said earlier, uh, Michael Carter coming in the year two, playing running back for them, had a, a solid rookie campaign. Uh, I I think it's a lot of it's going to be on Zach Wilson, and we're. I mean, it's only year two for him, but we're definitely going to start making some uh, some judgment calls on whether he's a bust or not after the next year. How bad would it have to be for them to take a quarterback at next year's draft, like the first round? 
I think the quarterback prospect would have to be a can't miss guy. Um, and he'd have to be available at their pick, obviously. They probably would have to have a similar year to what they did last year, maybe even worse. To to truly move on. I, I could I mean, maybe even bringing in a Jimmy Garoppolo if things are really looking down this year and San Francisco's just handing him out. Uh send Zach Wilson to the bench. Make him earn it, you know? That doesn't happen much in the NFL today. Usually rookie quarterbacks are handed the job. Well, they're generally really fragile. Um, we almost never see rookie quarterbacks sitting out a whole year like they used to and then coming in. Uh, you know, just, there's no prep. And we saw, you know, like, for instance, with Patrick Mahomes, who was a first-round guy, sat a year behind uh, Alex Smith, who, you know, uh, he's not the – He's not a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he's a great game manager, and he was the first overall pick in, the, in an NFL draft. Uh, so I'm sit one year and then come into a really good situation and throw for 50 touchdowns. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that's, Zach Wilson's in any sort of situation. That like is that, the blueprint for success and success. I have a hard time with that word. Um, I mean, we saw Aaron Rodgers sit behind Brett Favre for a year. Look how that worked out. Uh, but like you said, Patrick Mahomes. That was the plan for, I, I mean, it's player to player. Like we saw Dak Prescott, no one was expecting him to come in uh, anytime soon when he got drafted and even play. And he was forced into action his first year. And that might've been his best year of his career. So it's, I think it's, it's a combination of the team around you, the kind of person you are and really the kind of leader you are. Um, and then letting everything else fall into place. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, I mean, let's just be honest. The Jets aren't that. They aren't a good situation. They aren't a good oh, – they aren't a functioning franchise. Uh, they're the – you know, right next to the Lions, the epitome of a dumpster fire. And uh, it's a smelly fucking New York City chud shit dumpster fire, if anything. And, uh, yeah, uh, I like the story, though. I hope Zach Wilson can at least give us some entertainment and, you know – uh, be talked about. He's already doing better than Trevor Lawrence. I want to hear some updates opinion. on this story. That's for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, well, we'll, pictures we'll, come we'll, out. we'll give the people an update whenever that happens. Uh, but for now, uh, I think that's going to do it. Make sure to give our Instagram a follow at the Lone Star Lowdown. You'll see it right below, and our Twitter at Lone Star LD. And that will do it for us. Hook them. We're back with the Lone Star Lowdown. I'm Shay Holt. We got Ty Henderson and Corey Guidry. Uh, I'm making my video debut just back from Utah, sailing the great Western United States, and um, we're here to talk a little college football realignment, right? Here on the yeah. Lone Star Lowdown. Yeah. yeah. Before we get into this, remember follow us on Instagram. That's the Lone Star Lowdown, and yes. Twitter at the Lone Star uh, Lone Star LD. Remember the L and the D, just like long dick. Anyway, <laughs> college football expansion. 
So this last week, uh, USC and UCLA came out and announced that they'd be moving to the Big Ten, which set in motion a lot of dominoes falling, or at least not, we're about to, you know, set up a lot of dominoes. They're about to start really falling. Uh, we had Texas and Oklahoma last year uh, agree to join the SEC. We're still waiting for that to happen. And now USC and UCLA, pretty much the biggest programs left in college football that weren't already in the Big Ten or the SEC. And I'm, you know, obviously there's Clemson and Oregon. Uh, but pretty much the last two big dogs to fall went to the Big Ten. And, I mean, basically, let's just talk about what this means for college football. Well, I... I what do y'all think it from, means? Uh, from my view, it, it, it looks like the college football's going more towards what the NFL looks like. And we're going to have two big conferences with 20 plus teams uh, here in the next five, 10 years. And those two conferences are going to be the only two conferences that matter. Uh, they'll have some kind of playoff structure within, and then the winners of those conferences will play for the Super Bowl or national championship. Uh, and I honestly think that the NCAA will be out of the college football scene completely. Um, and everything will become independent and We'll see a completely different cultural landscape than we see today. Corey? Yeah. Yeah. So I think also what this does is it solves one of the big problems with college football, in my opinion, at least. And that's a big game problem. So, like, if you look at the NFL, you might have one game. It might be the Texans versus Jaguars. That's a game you don't want to watch. But the rest, you know, you're super excited to check out. In college football, you know, Labor Day weekend, you're going to have two games out of like 90 that you actually are box office games who are going to draw big numbers. And I think, you know, if we just align these schools, like with the two super conferences, like we're seeing, I think that's going to solve a lot of those problems. And, uh, you know, that makes boosters or that makes ADs and people who make money off of this sport even more happy because it's just going to draw more attention. So it is a business at the end of the day. And I know fans, college football fans sometimes don't like to hear that, but it is the reality. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, it sort of lends itself this, these moves sort of lend themselves to better business uh, just for the sport in general. So we're kind of all, I think in agreement that two super conferences are emerging between the sec and the big 10, whether they keep those names or, you know, their historical geographies uh, that's insignificant, but what it's kind of looking like is the big 10 will occupy the North part of the country and possibly the, the, the West, the far West, with the California schools that have already joined. And then that'll bring them to 16. So, you know, four more teams. Let's just, you know, dice up the world like God real quick. Maybe Oregon, uh, Washington, uh, Notre Dame and Stanford. Those are some of the schools getting thrown around that might join the Big Ten. You, know, you add that into what's already there. And then in the SEC, you know, I think the big programs up for grab, and y'all can you know comment on this as well. I think the big programs up for grab are Clemson, uh, North Carolina, Florida State, and Miami. Uh, I understand, you know, at least some of that. those I think have to join the SEC. Um, and you know, yeah, I think that's the that's the easy way to look at the world of college football right now. And then, uh, so I guess what it comes down to is what happens with the college football playoff. I mean, it's currently a four-team playoff, which. You know, it's almost a de facto SEC Big Ten, you know, almost – I don't think there's been a single year that the champion of those conferences has not made the college football playoff. Um, so it's almost written in. And then, you know, we've had this Big Five 
conference discussion. There's only four spots, and we saw Cincinnati get in last year. Uh, but ultimately, I think what's going to happen is, especially when you get to 20 teams in each conference, um, you know, that's what I'm envisioning is, you know, a, like a pod scheme of five. So that's four conference games preserving regional rivalries that you always play. Uh, and then outside of those five games, you know, you maybe play one other pod each year or whatever. Leaves so it, like leaves d- divisions for, in the NFL. Yeah, divi- yeah, you could call them pods or divisions. I think that's a fine way to look at it. But then ultimately, I'm thinking that within the conferences, there will be some sort of uh, tournament structure to determine just a conference champion. Uh, you know, four pods of five. That's four teams to go in on either side of the SEC and the Big Ten and then play what will be two games to determine a conference champion and then play what, yes, basically a Super Bowl national championship between the SEC and the Big Ten. And I don't think there's any room in college football for any other teams, especially once you get to where it's going to be about 20 and 20. I don't think there's going to be any room for an Oklahoma State or whoever's left in the Big 12 or Cincinnati. It's just going to be a dog-eat-dog world in which you either get in a big conference or you just aren't in a big conference. And ultimately – Sorry, go ahead. Ultimately, I think there does need to be written in some sort of mobility uh, because look at the SEC and look at the Big Ten. You've got schools like Rutgers – or Vanderbilt, you've got these kind of weaker schools still uh-huh. in there that, you know. I was about to ask, all, you do, know. Do, do you think there should be some kind of relegation system, like in soccer? It should be like European soccer, yes. That's exactly what I was going for. Um, it There's should no be, way you know, they maybe... ever agree to that, but I, I agree with you, too. That would be the that would be the coolest and it, it, the most uh, – how, 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 how do I put this? Um there would be some a sense of pride still in college football. You know, it wouldn't be all about, oh, I'm just going to go here. I just want to go to play in the NFL. I just want to transfer to, for my, for me, it'd still be about the team and uh, getting, accomplishing something and not just uh, for personal gain. Well, let me play devil's advocate real quick. Actually, I'm not too sure that it's going to end up being 20 teams in each conference just because I think you're going to see even more teams left out. You're talking your Oregons, your Washingtons, because there was a report that came out that the Big Ten really is only interesting in adding Notre Dame. Like They're not really interested in adding that many other people because the way conferences work are that every team from the top team to the bottom team splits the revenue. So they have agreements that you're splitting revenue there. Mm -hmm. And when you got these big boy programs who are bringing in big boy dollars, you know, do they really want to let the Washington Huskies to take a cut of that pie? You know, you got to think about that as well. So I think we could actually see more of these sort of programs when you see like Oregon, who's been to, I think, two national titles in the last 10 years. um, They could find themselves left out of the big boy uh, conferences, you know. Um, So that's something to keep in mind as well. But then you have teams in the Big Ten, especially like Indiana, Northwestern, um, you know, uh, might catch the boot. Uh, Rutgers, Maryland. And I mean, like I would I would take the Washington Huskies in a heartbeat over any of those schools. That's but can sure. they just can they just kick them out? You know, they might have a contract for a certain number of years. You know, we don't really know how all that works, but I'm with you, though. Oh, yeah. And it's more so what I'm talking about is just as far as revenue. Like, I'm, I'm sure that the Washington Huskies and, the, you know, which is the biggest team in the state of Washington, would bring in more money than some of those programs, at least their football Agreed. program. It would, would bring more views. 
basketball expansion and some of the uh, smaller conferences and how that might impact them. Do you want to get back into your point? Yeah, well, like, let's just talk about the Big 12, the Pac-12, and the ACC. Um, I remember when the Big East got left out of the conversation. That seems like so long ago now uh, when it got parceled up. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, what's the future of these other conferences? I mean, there are other sports that are competitive. I mean, basketball, for instance. What happens to a team like Kansas, Kansas State, Duke, North Carolina? You know, uh, of those schools, I think the only one with the – I mean, maybe Kansas could get into a big conference just on the basketball, but, I mean, the football program has just been in disarray. I mean, they've been long ones two times the last five years. For Kansas. I mean – Purely off basketball. Do you even – Exactly, but do you even want like nothing but big dogs, or do you still want a few like softer teams in college football that maybe play very well at other sports, like Vanderbilt, for instance, one of the flagship programs of college baseball? Uh, their football team, you know, doesn't really get it done too often, but they they you know still are in the SEC, and and they're in a big city as well. Nashville is a big market to be in, so you know. It could, Kansas it could turn doesn't out to have be, that going for it, the big market aspect. But it could sorry to interrupt, bro, but it could turn out to be like kind of how Notre Dame is where they're like in the ACC for other sports and the independent for football. Maybe you see the uh you know, like Kansas or a Duke stay in the ACC for basketball and then be in a different one for football. I mean, they're going to have to figure it out some way, you know, especially like for the other sports. Like you were saying, I haven't heard anyone bring that up yet. So, Yeah, and, um, you know, Baylor. Didn't Baylor win the fucking college basketball, not last year, but the year before or something like that, right? They did. Years ago, two years ago, yeah. And Kansas won this and year. It's two Big 12 schools back-to-back years. And Texas Tech was in the championship the year before that. These are all schools that aren't even really, you know, don't really have a chance at joining anybody else. The Big 12 seems like it's trying to salvage itself. I heard reports they were meeting with Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State. Arizona, another big-time basketball program, as I'm sure you all know. Uh, And that would bring together the two Utah schools in BYU and Utah and bring Colorado, who left the Big 12 back in the last realignment, uh, back into the fold. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that would, so be, that, that, that would be pretty funny. That would be pretty funny if Colorado made its way back. Uh, I mean, they haven't really done much since since they left. Uh, they used to kind of run the Big 12 North. But the whole idea of that new Big 12, Pac-12 combination with all of the Houston, the UCF, and the Cincinnati, uh, BYU coming in next year, I think that would be a pretty cool conference for not just football, but for basketball, like you're saying. Because most of the schools are – top 25 programs year to year, Cincinnati, BYU, Arizona's top five program most years. Uh, even Washington and Washington State are pretty reputable in most sports. Uh, so I I think they would still maintain their high-octane offenses in, in, in football. Um, I don't know. I, I think they would have a chance to be uh, to compete with the Big Ten with the 20 teams and the SEC with the 20 teams just because – I mean, think about it last year. In the, in the final t- top 25 poll, uh, in the new um, the new Big 12 that, that's been thrown out there, there would be seven top 25 teams out of the 16 that would be in the, in the conference. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. And um, 
What about potential, you know, even getting, you know, past 16? What if you got Washington or Oregon or Stanford to join the Big 12? Or, God forbid, one of those big schools out east like, you know, UNC or Clemson, you know? Obviously, those schools, I think, are looking at the Big 10 SEC. But is there enough are there enough teams that the Big 12 could possibly gobble up to like how, what would they need to do to add to be somewhat uh, comparable to the Big 10 and the I, SEC? Because again, there are weaker schools in both of those conferences. I think, you know, you're going to see the Oregons. That's that's who they're going to have to go after. The teams just mentioned the Oregons, the Washingtons if they want to stay relevant cuz I personally don't see them being at, I don't see the 20 team conferences coming in the next few years because that just cuts. There's too many slices of the pie. At the end of the day, they have to make money. And even if Washington does bring in good numbers compared to an Indiana, that still creates another slice of the pie, which means less for the big dogs at the end of the day. So unless, I think unless they segregated from the um, or just got themselves out of the NCA completely and it became college football became its own independent thing. Yeah, where they reworked the way the revenue is distributed, you know, maybe there could be like kind of a tier one and a tier two of the conferences or something like that. Kind of how Shea has alluded to the pod system or whatever, but they definitely have a lot of things to figure out. It's going to be an interesting next few years in the college sports landscape, that's for sure. So we got this whole Brittany Griner thing going on. Uh, the Russian government has come out and... lay the fuck down. Lay down. I think that would be good. That, that This would be really good. Yeah. I say we leave it in. That's what I'm saying. Okay, sorry. Back to it. All right, so the Russian government and Brittany Griner uh, are at odds right now. She was in court this week and pleaded guilty to uh, trying to smuggle drugs, uh, international drug charges. Ten years in prison, it's looking like for Brittany. But she said she didn't mean to break the law. She was caught uh, in the airport with two hashish cartridges uh, and has been imprisoned ever since. Of course, the war in Ukraine broke out as soon as this was all happening. So the Russian government has been saying, oh, well, let's use her as kind of a pawn, you know. so, Shay, I want, I want your reaction on this. In 2012, a federal judge in the state of New York imposed a 25-year sentence against Victor Bout, known as the Merchant of Death, who identified as the world's largest arms dealer at the time. Should we trade Brittany Griner for the Merchant of Death? You know, I don't believe in negotiating with terrorists, Ty. And um, all this, you know, they caught an American celebrity with a low-level petty crime in this, in this country. Uh, that's concentrated drugs. Uh, but ultimately, why the fuck was she doing it? Like, Brittany Griner makes $200,000 plus a year. And that's a pretty good salary uh, for most Americans. And she's trying to smuggle some $50 hash cartridges from Russia back to America? Well, you know, from when she, when she was playing basketball over there? I don't really understand it. And uh, she did come out and plead guilty. And I heard multiple sources on this. I heard this from the perspective of, well, she's a role model. And, you know, she needs to own up for her crimes or her wrongdoings. But ultimately, uh, the Russian legal system works very slowly, from what I understand. 
and that the only way she was ever even going to be eligible to be traded for a guy like uh, the Merchant of Death uh, was to plead guilty. Otherwise, they just weren't the Russians weren't going to even uh, attempt to trade her. And yeah, the 10 years is the maximum sentence. I don't know if they throw the book at her or not. Uh, I'm not a Russian legal expert, but uh, ultimately, Griner's got herself in a situation. She's missing the current WNBA season, and um, will probably miss the, you know could, could potentially miss several up to ten. Uh, but yeah, it is all just <laughs> all just convoluted with the whole Russian Ukraine system and. Uh, Russia, you know, really, I haven't heard anything about the war in Ukraine recently. I don't even know, but I've heard plenty about this Griner situation. Um, uh, for all I know, the Russians invaded Poland, but Griner, you know, that's what we're talking about here in America. Hopefully we get, uh, our American <laughs> citizen back in a prompt manner. Um, but ultimately it's a, it's a bad situation to be in. Uh, that's why you don't go to the airport with drugs, no matter what your friends tell you about flying back from California. Uh, remember to follow us on Instagram at the Lone Star Lowdown and on Twitter at Lone Star LD. Uh, this was the Lone Star Lowdown brought to you live by Shea Holt, Ty Henderson, and Corey Guidry. And we're going to wrap this up. Stay tuned for more content creation from your favorite hosts in the sporting world.